we are uh, we're here today to discuss uh, resilience um, and building a culture of resilience. I've known Rebecca for quite a while now online, um, and I'm sure many of you might have followed her or, or seen some of the posts that she puts out. As always with our webinars, um, with members only, we um, we try and time these things um, to, to be you know spot on with where we are in the um, in the process of coming through um, the pandemic. And I think one of the hot topics that's been sort of founded about is is culture, um, and primarily within that, the resilience that is needed not just for scenarios like this but just generally and ongoing um, I think some people might not have recognized it as it being a thing really uh, Rebecca until now um, but mm. obviously it is and it's irrespective of the situation so um, yeah. I'm going to pass over to Rebecca who you can introduce yourself uh, from Compliment Coaching um, the, the session's likely to last somewhere in around 40 to 45 minutes as always with our stuff if you've got any questions meanwhile don't wait until the end Rebecca's totally fine for you just to um, either jump in, unmute yourself, or um, or stick a, a question in the chat. Um, but uh, building a culture of resilience is the today's topic, and we shall pass over to Rebecca. Thank you, thank you, Simon. And nice uh, to have you all here. Even though I can't see you, so I'm just going to assume that you you are there. Um, thank you for inviting me. And yeah, I think the timing, as Simon said, there is is um, really important. And um, you know, as, as we start to move out of the period we've been in, we are going to be moving into a different transitional period into whatever is going to be. And I think creating those cultures of resilience is really more important. Now we're sort of out of the um, initial shock that we went through a few months ago and starting to move back into what is going to be our future. And when Simon and I first talked about this, um, we talked about this idea of um, uh, creating, building uh, that culture and how we needed to bring what we've learned uh, into our present and forward into the future. Um, before we get into that though, I'll um, just give you a bit of background of me in case you haven't come across me. Um, I've been pretty much everywhere on LinkedIn in the last few weeks, so uh, if you haven't missed me, you're lucky. Um, so I have worked within recruitment for 25 years. Um, I worked with Hayes for 15 of those years, and then I set up my own project management consultancy and worked with people like Randstad, uh, Engage Group, and, and various other re recruiters and other business owners. Um, and about 16, 17 months ago, before it became fashionable, I pivoted my business and drew on what I'd had as a big thread going through all of my career, which was coaching people. Um, either coaching individuals, coaching teams, um, coaching within projects um, and, and decided to change my business and, and turned it into a training, coaching and mentoring practice. Um, and so that's, that's what I've been doing for the last uh, year to 18 months. Um, and I coach and train and mentor people within recruitment because that's where you know, my network is. But also outside of that, entrepreneurs, business owners, individuals, people wanting to, to um, create their own futures um, in a different way. So they might be moving out of employment into consultancy or into running their own business. So a really broad range of people that I work with. Um, so let's, let's talk about let's talk about culture and let's talk about resilience. So I found this, fan, this fantastic quote, which I thought and, and, and Simon and I shared this at the time, which I thought was really good about this idea of, you know, culture is your past and your culture is your future. Without the past, there is no future. And without culture, really as a business, you, you don't have anything. So we need to learn to bring our cultures into the present. And 
and make them um, make them in our, our present way of life and marry with the past. I've got some noise going on, Simon. Are you, can you mute? Yeah, I'm just. Uh, it, somebody has got their. I'm just. I'm. I'm just muting them now. Okay. There you go. Thank you. So, and, and I think when we talk about the past in this sort of sense, we tend to think, you know, far in the past, but I think where we are right now, the past that's really relevant is the last few months that we've been through and this idea of how important culture is and this idea of how important resilience is and how we've, we've all found um, resilience that we may not know we had um, to get through some of the times, both in business, personally, um, with, with loved ones, etc. But actually, how can we build a culture where resilience is possible? How can we build a culture when things are um, not as tough as they've been over the last few months so that we are a more resilient organisation? And that's really what I wanted to look at today. Um, so first of all, what is resilience? Because it is one of these words that gets, gets branded around and we need to, to, first of all, make sure we have a good understanding ourselves of what resilience is. So. The resilience is the uh, ability to, to react and adapt and, and, and respond, you know. Uh, react tends to be our first thing. We need to adapt and then we need to respond in, in, in a way. And, you know, the words like bounce back and all those sort of things to spring back from where we were to where we need to be. And as leaders of businesses, whether you're, you know, um, for myself, you know, it's just me and a, a small team around me or whether you've got a big team around you, as the leaders in the business, it's really down to you to, to bring the culture into, to, to create the cultures, bring the culture. And my belief behind this, and I've done a lot of this around personal um, development as well as with businesses, is that by creating a culture of resilience, it will enable you to lead your business, lead yourself, lead your, lead your teams, um, not just to survive, but to thrive. And when we tend to think about resilience, what tends to come to mind is we just survived and we got through it. You know, we got through the last four months. We got through whatever crisis we're dealing with. But actually, it's being able to thrive, adapt and evolve out of that period of change, out of that time that's tough all the time, you know, and, and to, to thrive rather than just survive. So... If we're going to look at resilience, and if we're going to look at building a culture of resilience, my belief is that it needs to be nurtured all the time. It needs to be nurtured through everyday change, everyday setbacks, everyday failures, and it needs to be, to, to be nurtured at an individual level, and that starts with you, right, as a leader. How resilient are you as a leader, individually? And in your individuals that make up your organisation, however many of them there are, um, your senior leadership teams, if you have them, um, other, other leaders in, in your business, and then in your business. Actually, your business needs to be resilient as well. And as leaders, we are the catalyst for that, okay? We are, you know, at, you know people, people follow us. That's why we're it, it, the leaders in, in our organisations. So how do we increase cohesion? How do we increase commitment? How do we have connected communication and engagement to make sure that uh, we're, we're building that culture, that we've got resilience actually built into our, um, our business. And one of the things I, I think is really important with this is leading um, a following is really important when you want to create a culture. So not leading by the fact that that's your title or that's your role in the company, but by um, getting people to follow your lead, to 
um, behave in a way that demonstrates that resilience is, is really key to what you do. And then people will follow you. Yeah. And then you have a, um, a momentum behind that cultural change. Um, that means that it's, it's nurtured and embedded in your business. So that's where creating a culture where resilience is possible all the time, whatever happens, it's possible. And it's about, for me, resilience is about not just managing through a crisis or through change or challenges, but it's how we anticipate and adapt to meet changes and challenges. That's where real resilience comes in. So how can we be ready to respond and react to changes and challenges? And if anything, over the last four months, you know, the world, the environment we work in, the, the world we work in is becoming increasingly complex, um, both in terms of technology, in terms of communications, in terms of opportunities. And it is becoming, as we've seen over the last few months, more and more um, susceptible to bigger trends, bigger changes, bigger crisis. So even before this happened, even before March, whatever the date was, where all of this started happening in the UK, um, the world was becoming increasingly complex, and that means there are going to be more challenges thrown at us. Um, Simon, if, are you keeping an eye on the chat? Because I can't see that either. If anyone ha does have any questions that they're putting in there, please. You leave that with me, Rebecca. All is good. My, my glamorous assistant. So <laughs> if we're going to if we're going to do this, we resilience has to be created in and nurtured. So created and nurtured. Um, uh, I think is really important, not just building, but creating and nurturing it. It's not just something we say we are and that it is. It has to be in everything we do, everything we are um, and how we do it as well. And I think that's really important um, that um, we need to think of resilience like a muscle, right? Like, um, and we need to train it. Um, if any of you are doing the uh, Odro uh, run tomorrow, I've done no training for that. So my muscles are going to be really, really hard when I'm running 10K for the first time in about a year tomorrow. But like a muscle, I think resilience needs, needs um, training, it needs stretching, and it needs strength testing. And if that's built into everything that we do all the time, when a crisis does hit or when a challenge does hit, our muscle is ready. It can stretch, it can respond, it, it works which is what I'm hoping will happen with my legs tomorrow. Um, and if we, if we think of it like that, if we think of it like a muscle, we need to make sure that it is built into, that resilience is built into every cell of, the, of your business body. That's how I like to think about it. So if we're going to do this as leaders, we have to be courageous, confident, capable leaders if we're going to be resilient leaders, right? And that sounds like quite a, um, a, a powerful statement to make, right, which might seem quite overwhelming as, as a leader. But if we're actually going to build, build cultures where resilience is built in, then that's what we need to be. So these were some, um, there was a, a, an interesting post, as I was putting this together for Simon, there was an interesting post um, from a guy called James Segal, I think his name is, and he was talking about the seven traits of um, uh, uh, good leaders um, and that people don't want to hear. Right. Because uh, and I um, I tested this on a, another group, another recruitment leaders group that I work on, work with. And one of the things that came out quite strongly from it is when we talk about some of these traits, people, um, it's kind of a bit pink and fluffy. Right. And if you've seen any of my stuff, I quite like pink and I'm wearing it today. But it's that kind of soft stuff that we don't we, we kind of just go. Oh, yeah, yeah, we know, you know, we know that, you know, that's not important. We need strategy and we need tactics and we need we need um, a business contingency plan. 
But actually the real change in culture in this is um, by some of these traits and, and by, be, by taking on these traits and as a leader, people will then look to our behavior, look to how we lead, and that then enables that, that resilience to be built into your business. So the traits that, that we talked about were, or that he talked about, and I've kind of changed them a little bit, um, is the first one is applying the strength of vulnerability. Okay, to be courageous as a leader, we often have to show our vulnerability. We have to say at certain times, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to find out or we're going to find out together. But right here, right now, I don't have all the answers, right? Showing that vulnerability and showing it as a strength is actually very empowering for people that, that work for you. Yeah, because then they can see that it's okay to be vulnerable too. Right. And therefore, they don't hide that they're actually struggling or they don't hide that they don't know what they're doing or they don't hide that they are saying, yeah, I'm resilient. I've got it. I'm there. But actually, they don't really know how to move forward. So applying the strength of vulnerability, I think, is really, really important. Acting with love and care. You know, and I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, a lot of you care deeply about the businesses that you run and the people that, that, that work for you and the people that work within you and the people you work with. But sometimes when we're stuck in the doing of business, we forget that love and care and attention. And the important word there, and I use this a lot, is that word and. You know, we often think we can't be loving and caring and, you know, do well in business. We can't be loving and caring and run a tight ship and make sure that we're making money and, and, and hitting the bottom line. And I think we forget that word and. So it's how can we act with love and care and grow a successful, sustainable business, right? And resilience is at the heart of that. Um, make the workplace safe. I mean, there's never been a, a more literal sense of that right now where we, yeah, you know, as business owners, if we are taking people back into the workplace, we've got to make it safe, right? Literally. But beyond that, it's also making it a safe place for people to be, a safe place for people to feel, to feel safe. And that might not be the logistical space that you're in in the office. It might be making them feel safe where they've been working remotely for the last four months. So they feel safe and secure and looked after. Really important to listen to feedback. You know, we, we need to listen as leaders. We need to listen to the feedback we're getting about how resilient we are. We need to get listen to the feedback of how hard things are. We need to listen to the feedback from our suppliers and our, uh, and our clients and our candidates about what's going on to really understand what, how and why and when we need to be resilient. We need to grow people. We need to be investing in our people to, to have a resilient business, to have a business that can, can survive and thrive through any kind of change, challenge, disruption, whatever it might be. We need to be growing the people within our organization, growing that resilient muscle and all the other muscles they need to, to be doing what they do. And that takes training. It takes um, attention. It takes coaching with them to grow those people. And we need to value people. We need to value the people that are in our organization. And that I think comes from things like acting with love and care, making the workplace safe, listening, you know, how we might value someone or might value our teams is not how they need to be valued. So we might be thinking that we're valuing them by providing X, Y, and Z, but actually that's not how they feel valued. And the only way we'll know that is by listening to them. 
And then as leaders, we need to face conflict to solve problems. Yeah, which we've all kind of dealt with over the last few months, I'm sure, with, with, with our businesses, is we have to face conflict. But within that, we have to solve problems. We have to understand where the conflict is coming from. And then we need to dive into it to work out how do we, how do we solve the problem within that conflict. And um, this comes by, as I say, courageous, confident, capable leaders who demonstrate uh, model behaviours that are um, behaviours of resilience, right? That, that you, you may not know all the answers, but you are digging deep to make sure that you can find them, that you are listening to people, that you are making the, the workplace safe for them, making sure that, that the business is sustainable. Okay, any, any questions? Anything before I... Everyone's still there? I'm assuming. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. No questions? Okay, I'll keep talking because I can talk a lot, Simon, so please do interrupt if there are any. No, you're all good. Okay, so what I know is important um, is, you know, we can talk about these things and their theories and we can read about them and we can, you know, debate them. But, but obviously what we need is something we can go back to our businesses with and think, okay, all right, so do I, I understand resilience, I understand what it is, I understand why it's important, I understand as a leader what's, what, what, what behaviours I need to be modelling, but how do I... How do I make that happen? You know, and um, making things change, making things happen is, is the tough bit, right? You know, it's, it's, it's going, it's, what I talk to all my coaching clients about is, you know, a lot of the time we know this stuff or we, or we learn this stuff, but how do we actually implement it? How do we get it into action? So I came up with um, a, a loose framework for you to make a start with, which I hope is helpful. It's not a, it's not a full toolkit or anything like that. It's just a framework for you to sort of hang off. What are you going to do next? What are your aligned actions going to be around this? So um, as I said, it's, it's the first thing I think is really important to understand is that resilience is more than a crisis strategy or a business continuity plan. Okay, so I'm not going to talk about what's your IT security um, provision here, what's in the bank for if there's no revenue coming through. Okay, there's lots of other people talking about that kind of stuff and putting together really good plans and strategies for you guys, right? This is more about how do I create that culture, that, that framework that makes those things possible and makes them um, uh, effective in our, in, our, in our company. So I looked at two different things. I looked at internal and external, but they kind of link in together, okay? So again, it's a framework, it's a starting place, but there are always gonna be threads that go between the two. So the first thing from an internal point of view, if you're gonna build this culture of resilience and, and have these behaviors that, uh, for this, is you need to be coherent, okay? And by that, what I mean is the ability to make mutually beneficial decisions within your business. So coherence in terms of how do you make those decisions? Because when we're in crisis or when we're adapting to change, sometimes the normal structures we have around us that make us coherent disappear. You know, we've all seen that over the last few months. You know, the normal sort of board meetings we might have had or decision-making meetings we might have had, we've had to adapt and change to them. So how coherent are we in being able to make those decisions? Because what we want is that if these things are embedded in our business, it doesn't matter what's going on, these traits will kick in. This coherence will kick in. But we have to practice it. It's a muscle, remember. So we have to practice. We have to train. We have to build it in. And that has to come in every day. So we have to know, can we make coherent decisions every day? Regardless of what's going on in the big wide world, can we make these decisions every day? 
we need to be adaptive. So we need to be able to recognize when change is needed. Yeah, is the first thing. So how adaptive are we to change? And again, in the everyday, in the things that happen, whether they're crisis, disruption to BAU, um, whether it's big, small, plans change, legislative change, whatever it is, how adaptive are we? And we're going to come into some of the questioning around this in a second. And then how agile are we? Okay, so how agile and able are we to make and implement the decisions, the coherent decisions that we've, we've, we're making, recognising there's change at the required speed? Okay, which, you know, what's happened over the last few months has, has kind of, you know, really brought home that it's how quickly can we, how, how quickly can we make and implement those decisions? That's kind of the internal piece. As I say, the internal external, I've separated them, but there are so many things that go, go between the two, right? But what about external? And by external, what I mean is our relationships with customers, our business partners, our stakeholders, our suppliers, our networks, your, you know, your, your, your friends within in spaces like this. Um, and if we are if we're going to build a culture of resilience, that needs to be apparent to all of those people that we work with as well, because they are interlinked with us, right? So some of their resilience depends on us in the same way as ours depends on them. So the first, the three things I picked out here were relevance. So how relevant is what we do for our, for our customers um, or for our, for our stakeholders? So it needs to be, it needs to be needs led. And we've seen this so well over the last few months where, where, where businesses have responded to the need in the situation and they've tailored their services to suit that need. And what we're seeing at the moment is some of that is coming back because the needs are changing. So we're tailoring again, we're changing, we're making ourselves more relevant in the marketplaces that we're in. Doesn't mean we go and do something completely different. It's are we providing a service that's relevant to the change that's happening in our, in our, um, in our external relationships. Um, reliability. So are we able, no matter what's going on, to deliver to expected quality and on time to our stakeholders, to our suppliers, to our, to our customers, to our clients, to our candidates? And do we have trust? I think that has been another thing that has come out so strongly with a lot of relationships at the moment with our um, with our, uh, you know, with people that we work with is where we had trust before this that meant that we were we we had already made it made meaningful rewarding relationships that are sustained even when, when things were, were tough even when we didn't know the answers we trusted people that we that we already had these relationships with and then we quickly found out some of the people that we didn't have that trust in or they didn't have that trust in us yeah so building trust and in everything that we do so, um, you know, a trusted partner, a customer experience built on, on relevance, a reliable relationship is all key for, for, for resilience in times of change, in times of growth, right? When we're growing, we need to still be showing this to our, to our stakeholders so that they, they know that we're still doing what we said we were going to do, even when we're growing. And also, and I think particularly at the moment, going back to your point around timing, Simon, is as we come out of this period, and start trying to regrow or regroup or expand on what we've learned during this period of time. Yeah. 
but obviously those external internal things interlink yeah so they they, they do um you know you could apply probably as many of the external ones into internal and vice versa but i wanted to try and split them out so that you can look at specific areas within your business under certain um, headings to give you a place to start or otherwise you've just got this massive i need to change culture what where do i start so it was just to try and give you some starting points so then if we take that framework it's then okay so how do we how do we assess where we are now do i already have a culture of resilience or how resilient is my culture so or how does my culture our culture support resilience and i think the first question to ask is how critical is or has been taking this idea of past into present resilience been in your vision strategy and, and leadership is resilience and all the things we've just been talking about been a discussion before in any of the conversations that you have with when you're looking at your vision where you want to go where you're looking at a strategy of how you're going to get there or with your leadership team you know if you looked at your leadership team either yourself or your team that's with you you know would you know how resilient they are have you been nurturing resilience in them to deal with these sorts of situations and if someone was to ask you how resilient is your business how comfortable or confident would you be in answering that in a holistic way not just yes i've got the it stuff in place yes i've got some money in the bank um you know whatever whatever it might be it's how how could you answer that in a holistic way to say that that cult, cult, resilience is in every cell of my body uh, every cell of my business body so questions to ask yourself and and what um and I can provide the notes and, and, and this for you guys with, with all the questions in, but are, it, the first thing to do is ask these questions, um, get help to answer, to, to do these, you know, work with your senior management team, work with your senior leadership team, um, work with peers within the group, you know, um, uh, get people in to help you facilitate, get a coach in, whatever it might be, get some help with this as well. And the other thing you need to do is get really honest about it, right? If you're going to ask yourself these questions, they're not always going to be easy and you're not always going to get the answers that you that you would like to get or you would necessarily want to tell somebody else that's good because that's where you can do some work so get really honest with the answers and always look for the root cause not the symptom yeah whenever you do a diagnosis what's the root cause of this and things to ask are what are the main contributors to our resilience so if we feel we are quite resilient, why? And get really specific about it. What makes us resilient, right? Now that might be we have a really strong leadership team and we, you know, there's good open communication between them and actually we do make coherent decisions, right? We feel that's quite good, right? Or you might go, oh shit, no, there's no coherence there at all, right? Get really honest about it. Um, what are the biggest threats and distractors from us being resilient what takes us away from being resilient what what takes our eye off the ball when it comes to that what things just throw us what things will just mean we just forget about it success is often one of the biggest distractors from building resilience into your culture right because when everything's going well and everything's okay and it's all you know party because we've, we've, we've hit all our targets we've gone beyond it we don't look at resilience in that because we just assume it's okay and then something comes along and you know like like covid and suddenly we're like shit actually we weren't resilient right we were okay while we were riding the wave now the waves crashed mm, not so good um what are we doing on a regular basis to nurture 
uh, resilience. So what have we got built into our everyday that keeps building this, you know, team working, um, we'll talk about some other stuff, you know, investing in our individuals, um, checking there's a way for them to build their resilience within this culture um, of, of resilience. Um, how good are we responding to change? How good are we at catching opportunities and being agile with them? And that's a good place to look back. You know, what do we what, what do we sit around a table and go, oh, shit, I really wish we'd caught that one. Sorry, I do swear. I hope no one minds. I do swear a bit. Um, <laughs> you know the audience, don't you, Rebecca? Yeah, yeah, I thought it'd be all right. Um, <laughs> I haven't used the F word yet, so that's good. Um, yeah, so, so where, how many times have you sat around a table and gone, oh, we should have seen that. We should have seen that. Or we should have done that. Or if only we'd been quicker to respond, we'd have caught that opportunity, right? They're your flags to go, why didn't we? What's missing? Why didn't we catch that opportunity? And what can we build in so that next time we catch it, right? And we, and we go with it. And then we don't just survive, we thrive. And we've seen some great examples of this in the last few months where, pe where people have really grabbed those opportunities and they've caught them and they've, they've gone with them, right? And, and they are now driving those forward into what they're gonna do next. Um, so these are some of the questions. And then it comes back to that one at the beginning. How confident and comfortable would you be to say once you've done this exercise, and there are more questions, and obviously I can provide those with you, and you, they'll lead to more and more questions as you get into it. How comfortable or confident would you be to answer that in a holistic way? My belief is, and having spoken to a lot of business owners over the last few months, is that often that resilience exists in us as leaders, right? It doesn't necessarily exist in our business, and it doesn't necessarily exist in our teams or our people. And if we are the only resilient person, it's bloody hard work right and it's and it is it is you fighting a, a culture that doesn't support it to try and then make those changes when you have to and that's hard right um and i can't see all of you now but i'm sure we've all got bigger bags under our eyes over, for the last few months than we've, we've we've had we've ever had before i certainly have right because we are the ones that have to dig deep right what we want to do though is how do we make this so we don't have to dig so deep when the shit hits the fan um, on, on that note, Rebecca, and, yeah. and I think it's because it's, it's a very interesting point that, and something that um, perhaps is going to come around the corner, and we were discussing this before we came on. Yeah. You know, the next couple of months, where um, you know whether you've got one person working with you or or you know a hundred, um, the point is the same that um, if you are struggling and you are that person, that we, most people I, I know that everybody on here as leaders got there because of the, the the DNA, right, and and it's almost a shared DNA. Mm -hmm. But I also know that having worked with people that um, might not necessarily have the same level of resilience, is it a case of it's something that can be taught and that's where we should be going? Or actually, should people be a bit more ruthless that and go, actually, that's the person that I need. If that person doesn't exist in my business, now's the time to change it. Um, uh, <clears throat> I mean, things can be coached but that's that's some things are uncoachable it's either in, instilled in you or not isn't it yeah i mean i think you know uh yes uh yes and no i think is the answer to that question is um you know it can say it's, it's a muscle it needs testing it needs stretching it needs um in a safe space like you say you know if you're going to run a marathon you don't just turn up and run the marathon right you, you've done that stretch you know done the stretching you've you've trained the muscle um, before you go and do it right and that's resilience right in that race that 26 mile race right you've built all of that in there with good diet with uh, looking after yourself and 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 stretching and, and training your muscles so it can be that you have very resilient people 
who are not supported by the structures and, 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 and the culture. And therefore they, they, they are individually resilient, but that doesn't, that doesn't go into the business as a whole. Or you've got people who are not very resilient and it's not then their DNA. And yeah, you can get ruthless with that if you need to about are they people that should be in the business or you can look at them and going, am I making it possible for them to be resilient? You know, they may have had, you know, how many times do you look at people who have had something really tough happen in their lives, right? You know, um, take Paralympians, for example, right? You know, something absolutely tragic has happened and they then have found the inner strength to go and break, you know, records and do sports they've never done before and take part on a world stage, which they never would have thought about, you know, but it was that sort of something happened that meant they had built that resilience up. Yeah. And then you see that often those people then have several more knocks in their lives that happen. You know, you read these stories, don't you, you think, God, that guy's had every you know it's all happened to him he's not only had this then he's had this and this and this and this but that's because they've survived and they've got through so they're the stories we hear because you do build resilience you look at some people in the recruitment industry in the last few years they've been riding the wave there hasn't been any need for resilience so therefore we've not had to experience it so um I think the answer is yes and no, is yes, you can look at people in a way of like, okay, are these going to be resilient within my business? But you can also look at it very um, honestly and say, am I, am I enabling people to be resilient and am I supporting them? And the individual resilience that you get and work on individual resilience has an aggregate effect within a business. Yeah. Um, and that's why as well is really getting truthful with yourself as a business leader. Am I, am I really resilient? Uh, am I really resilient? Right? You know, when my back's up against the wall, and how sustainable is that? And how much of that am I actually um, modeling behavior for the business to follow? Right? Um, because resilience will always show up when you really need it. But it's how you lead from that place. Yeah, and how you how you um, infuse that into the, the culture that you have. And each, you know, as with all this stuff, each, 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 each uh, scenario is going to be different. Um, but I also think it's important that we actually catch individuals who say, yeah, yeah, I'm really resilient. Again, we need to test that because they think they should say that, right? They'll say that because they think that's what you want them to hear. But you need to dig in a little bit and go, okay, so if we put you in a difficult situation, right? If we create a, a sort of crisis team building exercise, how resilient are you in that in that space right because that's that's different to saying i'm resilient yeah does that answer your question yeah 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 it, yeah, it does it, yes it does yeah okay I, I, i'm just trying to mitigate uh, i suppose for the guys who are on here i know there's some which you know they're they are the the the, the leaders and it's just themselves leading their business and there's a different level of resilience there because then you're you're looking at it from what can you do for yourself? And you're probably tapping into peers, which is what you said earlier. And then yeah. I'm looking at and thinking there's companies here who've got, you know, loads and loads of people working for them. So it is different. And I just think that because there's going to be you know, an expectation of not necessarily, hopefully not for the businesses here, particularly, um, that there's going to be some seismic shifts. It's wondering whether or not now's the time to restart a culture of resilience and whether or not it's worth investing in certain individuals when you know it, it might be a bit of a tougher gig but i hear what you're saying i think the thing is you've got to ask the questions 
you know, you've got to ask the questions. You've got to really, you've got to really understand how to assess and ask those questions and be really honest with yourselves about it. You know, if, if you've got a lot of, uh, of people that aren't resilient, is that because you've not really been helping them become resilient? Or is yeah, it yeah, 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 quite. Um, uh, and maybe, maybe like you said before, maybe you've never needed it. Um, yeah. Because you, and, yeah. and so now this is this is no this is nobody's no point any fingers anywhere. This is just that you just haven't yeah. needed it. So it's a it's a new start or a new it's a new thing for everybody. Absolutely, it? and that's why I learned from our past. Bring it to where we are now and how do we want it to be in the future, right? And, and that includes you guys, right? That includes me as a business leader, you as a business leader and all the guys on here. Is, you've got to look after yourself as well. You know, how do you, you know, it's one thing being unresilient. You can't be resilient for, for a year up against the wall like we've been for the last few months. You know, you're going to have to step back and look after yourself and get really honest about what that means. You know, whether it's peer support, taking some time out. I've done loads of other talks and things about putting your own oxygen mask on first and looking after yourself first, right? So that is still really important, yeah? So if we then have, um, so we've assessed our cultural resilience. We now have, uh, you know, a framework that we've hung it off. We've got some questions we've worked through. We've got really honest. And I tell you what, guys, you're probably not going to like all the answers you get out of there. But what it will do is it will point you to what you need to do, okay? And then it's a case of, okay, so if I've got that, how do I make it happen? Right. How do I how do I start this change? As, as Simon said there, you know, if, if we recognize we want it to be different, how do I how do I do it? So um, I um, I have a, a book that um, I, I refer to quite a lot by um, guys called Dan and Chip Heath. And it's called Switch uh, Change When Change is Hard. And they did a brilliant it's a brilliant book. I'd highly recommend it. I can Simon, I can share, share it with you if, if anyone um, wants it. Um, uh, it. It basically has taken a lot of what personal development um theory practice um and combined it with culture uh, sorry with um uh, structural change organizational change and traditionally those two things are kind of seen as different right and what they did was they kind of went okay well it's still change whether you're changing your own personal circumstances or you're changing something within an organization there are there are things that are very similar so how can we bring them together and what i liked about it is it's it's not a heavy book it's it's a light read um and it's it, um it illustrates what it's talking about with very nice little stories, which I'll share a couple with you in a second. So it's, it's, um, it's a really good book to kind of pick up and go, what can I do with this? So I, I've, I've nicked their, their switch strategy, which is three, three things. Direct, motivate, and shape the path. Okay. Now, what they use in the book that they talk about here, and I can do a whole other session on this if you want, Simon, because it's one of my pet topics. But basically, they talk about uh, the elephant the rider and the path. And if you, if you, hopefully you've got an image coming up in your head now, if you're quite a visual person of one of those mammoths in, in India on top of a great big elephant on some sort of path, right? That's what comes up in my head. And the idea behind this is that bit, that elephant, right, is the big cultural, emotional mass that actually gets change to happen. Right. It's the emotion. So when we when we're working with individuals to get them to do change, we will tap into that emotional. Why is this change so important to me? And it's the same with your with your with your business, with your culture. The, di the little rider on top is the direct. So the, mo the motivate is the elephant. The direct is the rider on top. Now, what the, and the path is obviously your structures, your business, your IT, your tech, your um, your, your how easy it is for people to. To, to work with you, that's the path. That's clearing the path of any obstacles that stop people working with you, right? 
But if you want to change, you've got to have clear direction. That rider on the top has to, to know where you're going. So you as the leader or your leadership team need to be really crystal clear on, and, and provide clarity on where you want to go. But you need to get that big, hefty elephant to come with you, not try and work against you. Because if you've ever seen one of those elephants go out of control, the little rider on top, bless him, is really hard, right? And that's that um, motivate piece. It's hard to keep someone motivated all the time. So by creating a culture that, that um, encourages, engages, nurtures and immerses people in that culture of resilience that you're creating will mean that that mass will go with you much easier as long as you're providing the direction and you've cleared the path, okay? Um, as I say, I can talk loads more about that on another session, but they do, as an example, they do, um, the little stories are um, direct, um, is uh, in America, they uh, identified that people, part of the reason that obesity was going up was that people were drinking full fat milk. So they did a campaign of like, don't drink full fat milk anymore, but it wasn't clear enough. It wasn't, it didn't provide enough direction for people. So they then came up with this 1% thing. I can't remember all the details. They basically said, we're going to, you know, your milk is going to have 1% fat in it and that's it. And because it was really concise and clear, people just went, oh, okay, I'll do that, right? Really direct, direct uh, clear um, vision. Um, the Motivate one, um, they, the example they give is uh, um, a manufacturing company, a massive manufacturing, most of, most of the stories are American because they're American, a uh, big manufacturing company in America, and they had, they had to have um, gloves for part of their process. And someone in there had said, we're spending too much on these. And they'd done spreadsheets with numbers of all these gloves and everything they were spending on it, right? Put it in front of the board, nothing changed, nothing happened. So then they basically one day got all the different gloves that they were buying from all these different suppliers and all their different locations and put them all on the boardroom table. And each glove had a price ticket on it and and the supplier they got it from and there were different versions of the gloves different quality etc and when the board came in and started picking up these gloves and going why the hell are we paying 25 dollars for this one which is shit and five dollars for this one which looks pretty good and it was the emotional connection with actually seeing those those things in front of them that then got the board to go we need to do something about this we need one supplier one price one quality done but they had to engage that emotional feeling of it. It didn't work through numbers, right? Um, and the shape the path one, I like this one as well, is that again, going back to America, everyone eating too much. Um, why were people eating too, too much popcorn? Because the containers were too big, right? So if you want people to eat less popcorn, right? You give them smaller containers. It's like the uh, diets where you have a smaller plate, right? You know, if you've got a big plate, put it with food, right? So, so clearing the path is things like that. Things like tomorrow morning when I get up to do my run, my running gear is going to be right next to my bed because I'm making it and I'm clearing the path as much as I can that I don't distract and put things in my way before I get my running gear on and go out running. Right. So it's that, that idea of shaping and clearing the path. And obviously as leaders, you have that opportunity to do that. What's from your questions that you've done, what's stopping you doing this? What's stopping you building this culture of resilience? What's getting in the way? And then you can start clearing that. And then you've engaged your elephant. <laughs> um, and they're on board with you and they're, they're, they're clear on where you're going. They can see their leader is, is behaving in a way that, that builds resilience. And they're like, right, I go that way then. Nothing in my way, I'm going that way. And suddenly you have change. And this doesn't just happen with cultural change. This happens with any kind of change management um, programs that you want to put in. So it's a really useful strategy to, to understand. Definitely recommend the book. Um, so 
Now, now, what I don't have all the answers for here, guys, is what that is for your particular businesses, right? I, I don't know where you're at now. I don't know what things you already have in place. I don't know how big your elephant is and how hard that's going to be to change it. I don't know how cluttered your paths are, right? So there's, I can't give you a like list of, right, do this, do this, do this, because it's going to be different for all of you. It's going to depend on the size of the, your organizations, where you're at, where your leadership team is at. Um, more than happy to talk to any of you about that, you know, uh, uh, if you want to afterwards um, to get specific about what you need. But that's where you need to start. So that have your framework, have your questions, get really clear on where you're at and then start listening to what it is. And, and with those answers that you've got is understanding where there's good resilience and where there isn't and where you can use that switch uh, um, strategy to get really clear on where you want to go, what you need to do to change it, and how you can make it easier. Okay, and there's lots of ideas around that that we can we can um, explore once you know where you're at and what you need to do. Um, so, and one of the things that I think this 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 slide here really for me was was um, resilience tends to be something that we don't really want to look at that much until the shit hits the fan. Right. We'd like to think that our businesses have a great future. We'd like to think that our growth plans are going to happen. We'd like to think that our projections that we've put forward are, are going to happen. And certainly, you know, how many business owners went into COVID going, oh, shit, you know, this has just thrown everything we had planned and there's no certainty anymore. Well, there never was. There's never any certainty. Right. So it's preferable and easier to think everything's going to be bright and shiny in the future. Right. As long as I do X, Y and Z, everything's going to be OK. Right. Creating a culture of resilience means that we can still have that bright future, right? No matter what comes in and affects us, um, whatever, you know, curveballs come in. But we need to practice it. We need to build it. We need to nurture it. And we do that through, as I say, courageous, confident, capable leadership. And I have a load of other C words. Greg Savage put out something re recently about the seven C's of leadership. And I've come up with about 20 of them. You know, other things like we need to, you know, we need to be committed to this. You know, we need to commit to resilience being important. We need to um, be consistent with it. We need, you know, if we put things in place, we need to make sure they stick and we do them consistently. And they're not just, um, they're not just one hit wonders and they're not just things we say or they're not just things we put out in our marketing because it sounds good if we say that we're this, that and the other, right? It actually has to be. We need to be connected to our business to know whether it is resilient or not, you know, and there's a load of other C's. Again, I could probably do a, a whole workshop on the C's of leadership. Um, develop the framework. So look at that framework that I've suggested, but you come up with your own, but just come up with a way of you knowing that these are the, the measures that you're going to look at to know how resilient or not your, your organisation is, your business is, or even you are. You know, you might want to do a sort of framework for yourself. You know, how do I know when I'm really in a, in, in a good place to be resilient no matter what gets thrown at me? Get conscious about where you need support. You know, uh, it, it, you know, you've got this network that you can tap into. You know, you're not going to be alone in looking at this sort of stuff. Is But, but if you answer those questions, look at the framework, go through the questions, recognise where you don't have that support or where you don't have that strength within your business. Yeah, that that's showing strength in vulnerability. I don't have this in my business. Where do I need to go to get it? And go and ask for help and support is really important. And Simon and I were talking about this before we came on um, about how we've seen that happen so much in the last few months with some really great connected networks supporting. Simon, you know, you've been doing it. There are other organisations that have been doing it. And we need to keep that. 
we need to, and we need to keep asking for it build out your support network and go and ask when you don't have that within your organization or within your skill set or within your capability that also is about being courageous a courageous vulnerable leader will go i don't know i need help right and not taking it all on ourselves and then review regularly regularly like everything right you can't just do it and go that's it got a culture of resilience now we're done all right tick move on right this needs to be something that's built in and you review regularly against what's happening you know what's the next disruption that comes along how resilient were we were we more resilient than we were before great what what were the bright spots what have we done that meant we were more resilient can we do more of that you know and learn from it and review regularly um and just to finish because i love a quote if any of you follow me on Facebook, on linkedin you'll know i do love a quote so again this is coming back to the leadership piece is be you might need to move your videos out of the way here but be the change you wish to see in the in the world so as leaders if we want to have be resilient leaders if we want to have resilient businesses then we need to change to then see what we want to change in the world and i don't necessarily mean the whole world i mean your world you know and that's the, the best that all of us can do it's a gandhi quote by the way it's not me um is i wish i had come up with that one um is how can we be the change we wish to be how can we do the best that we can do in our world Cumulatively, we start changing the whole world then. Thank you. I don't think I did too badly with time. Oh, I did go a bit over. Sorry. Simon. No, no, you did absolutely, um, you did absolutely brilliantly, uh, Rebecca. And I think there's an enormous amount of food for thought in there. Um, in terms of, and if, I mean, absolutely everybody, if you've got a, a question, um, then please do just either jump in or put it through. I mean, we're going to be finishing shortly anyway. But I think where clearing the path is concerned, Rebecca, to use your um, sort of phrasing there, if you could give these guys and 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 me and and anybody sort of a steer as to where you would start with this, um, <clears throat> what would be your what would be your top tips? Because I, I I'm sure you all understand that you know that asking the questions is fine. Where, where's this? Where, if you were to draw a, a spoke, what's in the middle of it? What's the hub and the you. starting point? You. You know, uh, you as the leader is, is the starting point. You know, you are the star at the, at the middle of your constellation, whatever that constellation looks like. So the first place to look is yourself and be really, really honest with yourself, right? Really honest about, am I, am I resilient? And, and, and what does that mean? Right. Go through those questions for yourself. What does that actually mean? And um, am I resilient? And am I nurturing that? Am I behaving? Am I modeling that for my for my staff? And one of the things that will or, or for my business, one of the things that can happen is if we are naturally very resilient, I, 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 I put myself up there as being naturally a very resilient person. But what can tend to happen is that can become very internal. You know, it can become very, um, uh, I have a very open mind, but I can become very, very narrow, not narrow minded, but very focused when I'm in my resilient mode, right? And I stop looking out and I just go, right, this is what, this is what needs to happen, right? And that can put barriers up in my own way because I stop asking for help. First thing I will do if I go deep into my resilience is I stop asking for help, right? 
So it's getting really, but I'm very aware of that now, right? And I've spent, you know, I, as a coach, I also have coaching. So that's something my coaches work on with me. So getting really honest with yourself is what do I do when I go into resilient mode? That's the first place to start. And then get really clear of what, what, what impact does that have on people around me, right? Because the other point is if you are that star in the middle of your constellation, you are also the single point of failure, right? So if your resilience isn't really sustainable, resilience then if you're not okay then that whole constellation around you is not okay right and that's not just your business right that's your family that's your loved ones that's your kids that's your wife partner husband whatever it is right um so always start with yourself right because again what we can do is we can look at structures we can look at um you know, a ping pong table, because that will help everyone feel much more resilient, right? Because they're happy. You know, we can, we, can, we can do it all outwards. I think the first thing, when I work with business leaders, first thing we do is we look at them, right? Because it, it starts with us, right? So, and getting really honest with yourself and understanding what gets in your own way. We, we are, as humans, we're great at cluttering that path with any old shit we can to stop us going to where we want to get to, right? Not everyone, you know, some people have, have mastered that art and are good at it. But yes, yeah, certainly start with yourself. And then the other one is, is, is people, you know. Uh, it's all those things we talked about at the, at the beginning, you know, um, being vulnerable, being loving and caring them, looking after them, growing them. You know, it does come back to our, our businesses are our people. doesn't matter how much automation you've got in it or, or anything else. So your people are your business. You know, every interaction that you have and anyone in your business has is with other people. And with your customers, your suppliers, your network, it's people. And if they're not okay and they're not resilient, that is going to seep out. You can be having all the marketing out there going, we are resilient and we've done this, we've grown. And yet everyone that, that people are interacting with and not resilient, you know, are not there, you, you've killed that. So yeah, 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 start with yourself, get really honest and then look at your people and, 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 and where they're at. Um, and you know, that, it depends, you've got hundreds, you're gonna, you're gonna have to look at it with your, probably your leadership team. Um, but the, the one is, how can I model behaviours that other people can follow, you know, and, and then how do I how do I clear the path and put the structures in place to make that possible for everyone that I work with? It's not easy. I wish I could say, here's three things you can do tomorrow. Or get my magic wand out or some fairy dust. <laughs> um, it's not, it's, you know, it's hard. It's, it, it changes hard. Um, and and the, the hardest bit about that is normally being really honest with where you're at. Yeah, and I think that's that's reflection, and, and you know we've all had sort of three months, four months, however long it's been, a, yep. a period of reflection. I think, um, but it's constantly changing, uh, still constantly changing, isn't it? Yep. Is there? Um, and this is definitely not a one size fits all because for one person running in their own business and it is just there is an entirely different proposition to somebody running a thousand members of staff, yep. right? But yep. is yep. there like a a, a, a template that? not an actual template necessarily but or maybe there is an actual template but a sort of a, a structural framework where um not three magical questions but this is where you need to start on that on that path and the first questions you should be asking is this yeah i think i mean the, there is uh, there probably exists one i don't have that i have my you know the questions that i've put together um and interestingly one of the things that I'm working on off the back of this conversation started a few months ago you and I didn't it talking about what we were going to what we were going to do is that it's something that I've been building on so I I'm looking at how I can build out 
exactly that, a framework for people, a kind of facilitated resilience review that will then take you to um, taking those first steps. Um, uh, but it's um, it's things like, you know, it's, it's going back to that, that framework that we had up of those, those headings for each of the internal and external. They're your starting point. And then it's asking those questions, you know, what gets in our way? What are we already good at? Um, asking people, the people that work for you, you know, getting them involved in these workshops. And one of the things I'm going to look at doing is, do, is running some facilitated workshops for people around resilience. You know, listen to what people are telling you because you, it comes back to you may believe you need to do X, Y and Z, but actually that's not going to help the people that work with you. So um, in short, the answer is I don't have one I can give you right now. Um, there probably are ones out there. I'm not the only person talking about resilience. Um, I could certainly work with people to build that. And as I say, I'm, I'm sort of building out a resilience um, series of workshops that, that I'm going to be going out and talking to people about. So yes, there will, there will be something that builds from it. The first thing is just having those headings, asking those questions. Um, you, know, you know, with all of these things that we talk about, what you end up with, you always almost end up with too much then. You know, you then end up with this big overwhelming list of things that you need to do, right? Um, so my, often what I do with, with people when I'm working with them, either individually or with business, is try and actually strip away some of that. We end up with so many things we, we must do, should do, can do, is actually kind of strip back from that and get, you know, if, if, if you as a leader can go, look, the reason that, that I don't believe we're very resilient is it all comes down to me, then your first step will be, how do I, how do I, um, you know, bring in some other people into that resilient bit. So that might be your senior leadership team. Start with them, right? Start doing some work with them. Start doing some coaching with them, some mentoring with them. How do they feel? How do they respond to change? Um, go through those questions. What do they think the company is resilient about? What do they think they're resilient about? Um, it comes from asking the questions and, and, and then building the framework and getting help to do that. You know, whoever, whoever that is, you know, your, your leadership team, bring someone in externally to, to help you with it. Um, and then just keep revisiting it. Start. Don't make it too big that you can't start. So take the first next step, start, and then just keep coming back to it and keep coming back to it. And like I say, make it, make it something that's on your vision, your strategy and your leadership all the time. It's in it. It's part of what you talk about um, and have that question all the time. How resilient are we at the moment? And then maybe come up with some measures in your business that tell you that, that actually, I think that if we've got these things in place, we're pretty resilient. Terrific. So just tip past three. So I don't think that's bad timing at all, Rebecca. It's done absolutely fantastic. Um, thank you so much. Um, on behalf of, of everybody that's been on, uh, we obviously shared a video to those that couldn't make it. Uh, it, are you happy for me to sort of sit, well, always follow up with an email? Are you happy for me to follow up with an email, Rebecca, with your contact details on there? Should anybody absolutely. wish to give a shout? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I will send you, I need to do a bit of tidying up of my notes, but I'll send you the kind of the, the, the slide deck and the notes that go with it, which have some more detail around the questions, which I'm more than happy for you to share with, with, with anyone within the group, obviously. Yeah, wonderful. That's most appreciated. And guys, if you aren't following Rebecca um, on LinkedIn, do the stuff that uh, that's produces is, is really, really good, really compelling. Hence the reason why um, we got her on today. So Rebecca, on behalf of everybody, thank you so much. Um, and guys, let's get cracking and uh, and get some paths being cleared. Hey. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Simon. Right. Cheers, guys. Take care.